Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Paper, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. I had to play some Ice Spice, I'm sorry. Ice Spice? Ice Spice. Was, Starting our fabulous wow. fifth hour. It was risky right there. <laughs> Make sure it's the clean version. We, uh, it says yeah, We clean. learned about Ice Spice last night, uh, hanging out with Taylor Swift in the box with uh, Blake Lively. Blake Lively was looking attractive. Also, uh, yeah. Lana Del Rey <laughs> was up in there, too. Um, a, lot of, a lot of stars up in the uh, in Vegas. Rod Babers was in Las Vegas taking in the game from the, the yes, good sir. seats there. Hey, Rod, let me mention one thing as we start our fabulous fifth hour. It is uh, Valentine's Day is this week. Oh, yeah, don't forget. Good job. Good Wednesday. job, B. Keep it going like well, that. Well, our, our, our crack promotion staff has come up with quite a prize. If you are behind the times here and you don't have a Valentine's Day gift yet, all you have to do is go to hornfm.com. We told you this a little bit earlier, but uh, you can win tickets. How about this prize pack? Get to register by midnight tonight, 11.59. This closes. So one of you one of you lucky suckers is going to win tickets to see Def Leppard, Journey, and the Steve Miller Band Whoa. at the Alamo Dome in August. Nice. August 16th, as a matter of fact. Plus a $100 gift card to Vince Young's Steakhouse. Or Vince Young's Steakhouse. Okay. Okay? Like so that. that's a prize pack. Now, in the tickets, I mean, that, that, that'll be nice. You, go to, you take, take your lady to dinner at VY's. Mm-hmm. For Valentine's Day, I like that, you know, with a hundred bucks to to start you out, and then you know you get to present her with some tickets and say, "Look at this, we're going to see Def Leppard, That's Journey, and uh, the Steve Miller Band." Nice, the Steve Miller Band. HornFM.com is where you do that. Look, uh, look for the, uh, the the promotion, and you can click on that. Register yourself. Someone's going to win that thing coming tomorrow. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom. Don't forget. I'm glad you uh, brought up Valentine's Day. Don't forget, gentlemen. Don't get too preoccupied. With other stuff going on. That's what that's basically the signals to end the football season. It's officially over. Now you need to refocus on the family, refocus on your your partner, refocus on your relationship a little bit, and then you'll see y'all football season again. Spring practice on March nineteenth or whatever it is for Texas. That's we'll true. If you're, a, if you're a college football fan, say, but NFL fan, you ain't got no spring practice. You yeah, got no spring practice. You got you, but you got the combine. You got free you agency. Got your, you got combine. You got free agency. You, know, you got the draft. So the NFL they they give you little teasers, but they ain't you know we ain't nothing like football season. No, so it's kind of sad actually. It's bittersweet. 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 But it was a great game. Twenty-five, twenty-two. Can I play this for you to start the fabulous fifth hour? We yes, talked sir? about the uh, controversy of uh, the overtime rules, and for folks who don't know. Uh, in overtime now, ever since the divisional playoff game, Bills Chief 2022, the NFL has changed the uh, overtime rules uh, in the postseason mm-hmm. where both teams get the ball regardless. So if uh, if the Niners had scored a touchdown on their opening drive last night, uh, the Chiefs would have still gotten the ball. Chance to match it. A chance to match. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's only in the, regu- in the postseason. Then if uh, they match, then it goes sudden death, yeah. right? That's the rule. Well, can we hear this? I just sent this to you, Brock, from uh, Kyle Juszczyk. He is the fullback of the San Francisco 49ers, kind of confirming that there were players on the Niners who weren't fully aware that this is the rule. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. Yeah, I mean, that's – guys, that's probably – in terms of football IQ, he might be their smartest football player. I'm not making that up. Okay. You well, he did get a say, they, In terms of where they move him around – exactly. But in terms of football IQ, they move him around in formation more than they do any other player. So he has to know more positions than any other player on the offense. He is a, a cerebral football player. He didn't know. Yeah. And that's, that means the coaches – yeah, they did not make it a point of emphasis. You get what They did not make it a point of emphasis. Oh, I guess we have breaking news from uh, Brock at the Horn headquarters. What do we got, Brock? Yes, we do. So we were talking about Chip Kelly leaving UCLA a little bit ago. They have just hired a new head coach, uh, Deshaun Foster. Oh, the running back? Yeah, he's in the UCLA oh, Hall back? of Fame as a player. He's He's been there as an Whoa. assistant coach. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't realize he had been there. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. He's been there since 2017 and played seven yeah. seasons in the NFL. Interesting. I didn't. I, I remember as a player. I mean, he's a good player. He's a running back, but I didn't. I didn't know he was coaching. Okay. Damn, that, is, that, uh, that shows you a little desperation. That shows you that's a little desperation, though. Yeah, it's, it's always good to go to an insider, but they couldn't make a splash, not after the way Chip Kelly left, because he left them in a situation where it was such an unprecedented move to demote himself <laughs> that people think that either the, there's money issues there, which there could be, um, there are AD issues there, the administration is now on the same page, whatever. They can't get a big-time hire. They can't even get a, probably a legitimate hire. Um, so they had to go in-house, and they had to go with someone in-house that uh, I had honestly, I didn't even know he was coaching. Not gonna lie to yeah, you. props to, uh, to yeah. you know, Brock for finding that piece of news and Pete Thamel for reporting it. But you knew it would come quick, or at least you felt like it would come quick because, you know, again, it wasn't – I mean, Chip Kelly was begging to get out. He had interviewed with several NFL teams about being an offensive coordinator. And then, you know, the last straw was – because remember, the, the way it all played out, Ohio State fans have to be doing cartwheels because you had Bill O'Brien as your offensive coordinator, he, which I think was a big mistake. That was a horrible move. He all of a sudden gets hired by Boston <laughs> College because Jeff Halfley left to go to the NFL and coach for the Packers. And so you hire Chip Kelly as your second choice to be the offensive coordinator. Whatever we think of Chip Kelly, he's a pretty good offensive mind. And um, that'll help Ryan Day. And, of course, Ryan Day, as we said, played for him back in college in New Hampshire, played quarterback for for Chip Mm -hmm. Kelly. So there's certainly familiarity there. And, um, you know, Buckeyes are loading up, ready to go. But uh, now UCLA has promoted from within, which is not a huge surprise in that, you know, if you're going to be able to keep that roster, because they can all jump in the portal now if they're able to go. Um, you know, does, does this maintain some stability like we saw with Michigan and Sharon Moore uh, when Jim Harbaugh left for the NFL? So uh, we're keeping an eye on that. But, yeah, talking Super Bowl, uh, Chiefs down, doubled in points in the first half. It was 10 nothing. Niners. Chiefs come all the way back, win this game 25-22. Um, you know, they were as clutch as can be in the second half. How about one catch in the first half for Travis Kelsey, nine in the second half or eight in the second half, uh, 99 yards, huge plays over and over again. And, you know, just the, 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 the Niners' red zone woes and their special teams, Rod, really jumped up and got them. Yeah, I mean, either, you can point to a lot of different factors. I agree with you about the red zone, too. But they never were able to put Patrick Mahomes away. They were never able to put him away. They never drove a stake through the heart <laughs> of Patrick Mahomes. And they let him linger around, and every time they kept giving him more and more life. Even after they got the double, the ten-point lead in the first half, they just kept giving him life. And that it's, man, that's that's a dangerous way to live against Patrick Mahomes, because you know he's inevitable. It's he's, happening. It's gonna, and he's probably gonna play his best football in the clutch. What you want to do is avoid even having to give him the football in the clutch, or he can't. Don't even let him see the field in the clutch. They gave him way too many opportunities. Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, it was, it was anticlimactic in the Buffalo game when Tyler Bass missed the field goal. Mm-hmm. But to settle for a field goal there with 154 to go. You already knew. You're losing. You felt like it. You're, like, you're oh, losing. You're done. Yeah, exactly. You're done, son. <laughs> we, we've, seen, we've seen him now in, in these situations multiple times now in his early career that we know that if you allow him a game-winning drive opportunity, fourth quarter comeback opportunity – uh, there's a good chance he's going to cash in on it. What you have to do is deny the opportunity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and that they did not deny the opportunity to him. It's like uh, it it's really like, is. It's like at some level Tiger Woods when he was in yeah. the prime. You know, uh, MJ. Uh, well, remember? When you were playing golf against Tiger Woods and you were a great golfer, you couldn't play safe. You had to go for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to go for it. I mean, you, you know, you can't. He made you aggressive. He, he turned. Had, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which, which vanquished a lot of people because they'd get outside of their normal game, but mm-hmm. they knew they had to. Yeah. Uh, and it's the only way. And I think that's what I'm saying with, with you know, even, even Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. You know, when it was fourth and uh, or third and four coming out of the two-minute warning from the 20-yard line, I don't care if that might be two down territory, Kyle. I mean, it really might be even in a tie game. Sounds crazy. Clocks your yeah. friend. Yeah. Clocks your friend here. <laughs> um, you, you own this game. You have the ball. Clocks under two minutes. Um, you know, you just can't. You can't not convert here and then give him the ball back. That just can't happen. Now that that's got to be your mind in my mind. Like no way. Yeah. We, if we got to go two downs and I get criticized because we went for it, I think I think the the court of public opinion would be on his side. It's no why we get that. Yeah. You were trying to get the first down, damn it. I think people <laughs> will do it next time, but I'm, I already knew. I'm, I'm I agree with you 100. percent I think at that point it's worth rolling the dice. Don't treat him like a normal opponent. 
Don't, the, the, your binder, your green binder, all that stuff, it doesn't apply. None of it applies. Against Patrick Mahomes, you really have to be – so maybe you're right about the Tiger Woods comparison more so than anything. But I do – I think it, it forces you to have to be the aggressor because you must vanquish him. And if you don't, if you just try to play to, to, play to win or play to stay in the game – it's going to blow up in your face. Yeah. And it and it did once again. It blew up in his face. And I yeah. feel bad for Shano, but that's exactly how he approached it. He approached it too conservatively. Yeah. And I'm surprised. I mean, I mean, the play ended up on third and four going to Greg Jennings. I'm like, oh, is that your best play? That's your best third and four play. I don't think anybody else was open because the Spags is – I know. Uh, Spags had a great well, job in his I'm game doing plan. something. I'm trying to get the ball in McCaffrey's hands somehow. I mean, I you, you get my... I, I said it too. I don't think Shano gave him enough for creative advantage. Shano was not in his bag. I'll tell you, as a guy who's watched that offense, knows that offense really well, I'm talking about creatively. From an innovative standpoint, I thought he was letting him hang a lot more in the first half. That's what the, the trick play. double pass and everything. I, and, I, and I told him, man, un, you got to – you got to unload, man. Don't do not go. Do not if you after this game. If you feel at any point I should have called this play or I should have called that play, then you failed yourself. Yeah, you and should you should have emptied the clip, and he didn't. Kyle Shanahan said that, and that uh, who said that we just heard. Yeah, um, and that that play was the play because I can't. I mean, you can't under overestimate uh, or overstate if you get the first down there. And you're inside two minutes, oh, and now man. you have a fresh set of downs. You're in control of this game. You and and again, it wouldn't be crazy to be two down territory, to keep the ball and keep the clock running. It was 16 all. That was the critical play of the game. And obviously, when you get to overtime, Shanahan makes the decision to take the ball, not defer, which we know how that outcome was. And here we are talking about. We need to make this sure that Shanahan knew the rules, because now I believe the because narr- the narrative is the players didn't know. Yeah. The players have already admitted. Multiple players have admitted they did not know the overtime rule changed in the postseason compared to the regular season. So they admitted that. You just played the use check sound. Shanahan need. I wonder if he knew. We're assuming he knew, but some of the reports are maybe that he didn't know either. And Ooh. if he didn't know, why wouldn't he inform the team? Yeah. If you know, why don't you inform the team? That's the whole Yeah. How, how would you know it did not inform your team of the new overtime rules? Well, and the Chiefs are talking about we've been talking about since training camp. Training camp. This yeah. has been the plan. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Andy Reid was planning for it. If we end up in, when we end up in overtime when in it the happens. Super Bowl, we're doing this. This will be our game plan. And so, yes. And, and there's nothing to Andy Reid, man, because I remember I was sitting in the stands, so right before the game when it touched down, I remember they had a chance. It's like 30 seconds left in the game. They have a chance for uh, – or sorry. Um, but everybody's wondering why he doesn't call a timeout, why he's not stopping play. He saw the play he wanted. He saw it. On the, that's why I got to go back and rewatch the game because I was wondering, too, why didn't they, ha- they, they go for a stoppage there to kind of gather themselves, figure out a play? He had his money play already ready. He had corn dog ready to go. He said it was the same play they called uh, uh, on a game-winning touchdown versus Philadelphia. And he said, and he didn't stop the clock. So I got to go back and watch the previous play prior to that. Was that the Travis Kelsey um, screen before the yes. game-winning touchdown? Yep. I got to go back and look at the – I want to go look at the personnel and the formation because he saw, on that play he saw what he needed to see to know that they were going to bump that motion – and that if they and if he brought the notion man back to the vacated voided spot, that there would not be a fail safe in the coverage. He knew. Yeah, because uh, that's why he didn't stop. That's why there was no stoppage. Because everybody in the was wondering, is he going to stop the stop the clock? Stop the clock? Stop the clock? No. Nope. Yeah. He's like, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. That's a great point and great uh, great eyes from being at the game because uh, with 50 seconds left, it was a it was a pass to Travis Kelsey for seven yards. Right. That's the screen, right? Yeah. And then with six seconds on the clock, it was Mahomes to uh, Hardman for. Three yards out. Because I'm, I'm panicking. I'm like, hold on. He's just, he's just letting the clock. I'm like, nobody's stopping the clock. And I started freaking out. And I was like, I guess this is good for the 49ers. But I was like, no, this is not good for the 49ers. This is not good. He has a plan. He knows what he's doing. This is not panic. He wasn't freaking out. They walked, calmly walked to the line. They knew exactly what they were looking for. And boom, he saw it. He saw it three plays ahead, like two, three plays ahead. Shano wasn't coaching like that. Shano, Shano was not, ha- he did not have that kind of forethought. There was no way. Andy Reid was, was playing chess. Andy Reid was three, four steps ahead on that drive, guys. Game-winning drive scenario. Shano was not like that. The Shano's money – I was looking for the money play. What's your money play? Yeah. Your money plays, guys, when the game is on the line, I got to have it. Remember the fourth down? The triple option play they ran? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's awesome. That was awesome. It was like, damn, Andy Reid, so good. Like – because in, in this situation, it's fourth down. Everybody's thinking, well, I want Mahomes to have the ball as long as possible, period. 
I just want him so he can make the right decision with the football. And even gave him a Kelsey option. So even gave him the, the, the go-to option with Kelsey. And then when Kelsey wasn't there, Mahomes just took it. It was basically it was a new school triple option. Brilliant play call. And then for the game winner, he's went back to an oldie buddy goodie. Hey, man, Philadelphia couldn't cover it. That was a good defense. San Fran can't cover it either. This guy is so meticulous. He is so prepared yep. for every possible moment. Shannon. Shano got out coached, guys. Yeah, I agree. Got out of him, but he got out coached. Well, and we said going in, why are they favored? You got the, the coach and head coach and quarterback advantage on a neutral field. It's got to be the Chiefs. And uh, a lot of a lot of Joe Public did well on the Chiefs last night with that yeah, victory. And I'll say this to to, to the money plays and the, you know the drive that oh. sealed their fate. And we know overtime is what everybody'll talk about. I'm talking about the end of regulation when the it was 16 all. Um, ball belonged oh, to the Niners. Yeah, uh, three twenty-seven to go. McCaffrey left tackle five yards. So now it's second and five. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Two forty-five short pass to Kittle for no gain. Now it's third. Now it's the two-minute warning. Mm-hmm. And, and the, it, this is the money play time. It was this the, is money, the play money play time. time. I, I was waiting. I, remember, I, I, I wish I could sit by text exchange with my wife because I was. I was like, Shannon's got. I, I want to say. I literally said at that moment, Shannon needs to dial it up. He needs the money play. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shannon needs to dial one up here. That's what I said. He said well, it was, was right sitting, that moment. I was sitting right here in this room watching the game with about. Ten people and said the same thing. This is the play of the game. Yeah. If the Niners hit this play, they're going to win the game. Where's your money play? Where's your play? You know you got it. Yep. Yep. This is your one. He didn't have one, I don't think. Nope. He didn't have one. And obviously, uh, correct me, the the Chiefs never led the game until that final play with six seconds to go in overtime. Wow. They never led the game. (laughs) They never had a lead until that play, the final play of the game, essentially. Six seconds to go on the clock. And as you said, rightfully, the clock was running down. This was like – but totally calm. You're they co- were so calm. So he, calm. I was panicking. I was like, what are they doing? Why are they stop the clock? Why are they? And then they, they calm. And I remember because Patrick Mahomes stayed out there. And they just they were just staring at the sideline. I was like, this is, the game is winding down. And he just calmly went out there. And they knew exactly the play they were going. That's why I got to go. I got to see the play before and how they lined up. Because I want to say they might have lined up in a very similar, in a very similar way. And whatever it was, Andy Reid saw all he needed to see. He knew in that moment that play was going to work. And that's what a money play is. A money play is, I know it's going to work. Yeah. It's, 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 out of all the plays in this playbook, this one has the highest success rate against this team in this situation. And I got to tell you, I don't think Shannon had money plays. It, it, think about the, four, the, the Kittle play, the fourth down. You got to have it. It was a great throw. It was a great catch, great execution. That was the only memorable play, impactful play by Kittle. That wasn't really a money play. He just got Kittle mashed up on linebacker and they went a quick out. That triple option play that Andy Reid did for Patrick Mahomes, I don't even think I've seen it all season. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know how you well, defend it. that's what it. you want, right? You, yeah, that's that, what a money play is. That is. There's no defense for and it. That that's, was my disappointment. I think yours too. That, that play to Greg Jennings was, or to Juwan Jennings was not a great – No. That was not a money play. It's like, eh. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why. That's why. Then I was like, "Well, is he going for it again? Is he going to go for it fourth <laughs> down? Because now he's got the money." It play. was such a lackluster play. You're like, "Oh, he must have been four down territory." Yeah, it was just mm-hmm. a quick drop back, and you know, he's trying to get the four yards. But um, you know, that's a huge four yards. I feel like he was out. I feel like he was out of creativity. I don't know. It, it felt like that to me. I'm just saying, as the guy was watching, I was like, oh, I almost felt like he was out of his bag of tricks. He wasn't in the bag. The bag wasn't deep enough. Not deep enough. Somebody said, reminded me, the Chiefs did have the lead at 13-10. That's correct. Uh, after the muff punt um, and then the touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, they did have the 13-10 lead because mm. they were down 10-6 when the <laughs> huge play in the game. It was just bad luck for the 49ers. Oh, but yeah, uh, good stuff from Rod. Uh, Chiefs and Andy Reid on point. Uh, Niners not as much. I would also say this. Several people did say this, and this is for Kyle Shanahan. I, you know, the question will come, did he know the rule? I'm going to assume he did. And if he didn't, he's going to say he did. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's now, you, now you do. Yeah. Now I don't admit you didn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but I'd also say that the argument of you know the the, the the Chiefs had just gone down the field and kicked a field goal to tie the game. Uh, there is an argument that the defense. I don't want to put my defense on. Just no, we're on the that's field. Fair. I want to protect my defense a little bit. Let them well, get some rest against Patrick Mahomes. Same time, you know, these are the kind of things you can go back and forth on. In the end of the day, Niners needed to win that game in regulation. With the ball yep. and two minutes to play. The more and more you That's got, the yeah, time yeah, to win the game. I That's what I said about Josh Allen and the Bills game. Y'all do not give this game back. You own this game. This is the like everything you've prepared for this entire offseason is to this point. Your ball 
uh, inside two minutes. Yep. You control this game. That guy doesn't. He's standing over there uh, on yeah, the sideline. Leave him over there. <laughs> <He> does, <laughs> Do not want everything him has to be about these plays, yeah. these moments, because you can win this game and never give him the ball back. That, to me, had been the, should have been the Niners' mindset. It didn't feel like it was. They settled for the field goal with 157 on the clock, way too much time. In the end, we know what happened. And, Patrick Mahomes yeah. has another championship and, then and Kelsey, another MVP. And then, then I will admit, and then I, was, I thought it was brilliant, and I know people get into – whether Kelsey was in the right or not, going up to Andy Reid, I don't, I didn't, I didn't get the chance to see it because I didn't rewatch the game, but I saw it on on online of him challenging Andy Reid. I guess um, he had one catch, guys, at halftime, and at, at, I, I thought Steve Wilkes did a great job game planning initially. His initial game plan against oh, Patrick Mahomes Chiefs, awesome. it was a great game plan, especially to try to sever the connection between he and Kelsey. But man, the way that uh, Andy Reid started scheming open and scheming open Kelsey. Even late in the game, you start wondering to yourself, how in the hell is Kelsey open late in the game? Yeah, it, uh, it was it, because that was my thought early. The fact that neither team was able to score on their scripted plays, right? Their their scripts. Boy, now we're moving for the fumble. Yeah, they had the fumble. We're moving McCaffrey. it. Um, I, I was wondering early with the because you know they they use like new balls like on almost every drive from the Super Bowl. Like yeah, because they, they, they sign them and they yeah because yeah, they, they make money. Them and stuff, it yeah. looked like the ball's a little bit slick because uh, everybody was having oh, a hard time that's with not it. Bad. I think everybody was having a hard time with it. McCaffrey fumbled it. Pacheco fumbled it. There was the the. Did you see the play where uh, who was it? The yes, lateral the receiver. The lateral the I don't ball know ahead. What the hell that was? That was looked like a forward pass I, that they thought. Did he do it on purpose? Or what was it felt he? like it. Oh, uh, but man, it turned that out was to, dangerous. They just called that a fumble. Uh, looked like he tossed it forward. It did. And then remember, Purdy had the one that it, it like slipped out of his hand, yeah. ended up going down. But he called an incomplete. I think it was like a. It was end up being a holding call actually on Kansas City. Yeah, remember that's a that's big right. play. Yeah, there but the ball slipped out of his hand. Though, to your point, I heard uh, it was Troy Aikman who said, "You know, anybody that tries to tell you this game's just like any other game, it's not. I mean, because the cliche will be just treated like any other game. It's not. You can't do that. Yeah, you don't. You don't stay, go in a week early for any other game. No, you, everything's different. The breaks are longer. longer. Breaks are longer. Oh, the breaks are so. Do the breaks are so long? Commercial breaks. Oh, from the stand. It's brutal. Yeah. You can tell it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, man. It takes Ooh. forever. But they got a DJ in the damn stadium <laughs> for the commercial breaks. How the was breaks he? are so long. I was going to ask you okay, about that. He was okay, I guess. But he, he had a, he, they had a DJ do sets and for the commercial breaks because the commercial breaks was so long. I mean, you guys are watching at home. <laughs> Hell, imagine like so. Honestly, defenses shouldn't be tired. Yeah, you're right about you, that. You should be. You're so well rested, man. You have so much time in between breaks. Yep, that's a good point. Well, and it was Aikman saying, "Look, not, and he was the one that said, it's, even the balls are different, y'all. I mean, the balls are all brand new that you're using when you're yeah, playing. That's a good point. Um, they're not scuffed up. They're they're Super Bowl balls. They're they're they're, they're kind of shiny. Um, and and they use six six new balls per quarter. Uh, so that Damn. they can end up with all the balls to, yeah, yeah. to auction off and sell and those kind of things for collector's items. I mean, it's a game-used Super Bowl football. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, more of those you can create, the more you can sell, and uh, it's a revenue. But, you know, it did look like they were struggling a little bit with the, uh, the ball, ball early. But, you know, yeah. that could be uh, – But both not... these teams have played in Super Bowls, so sure. that shouldn't be an issue. You're but right. Yeah. Uh, but, Kansas City handled it better. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Aaron. Right, we'll come. Um, yes, sir. Oh, sorry. Real quick before we go, I was just going to ask you because I know he's he's somewhat of a polarizing figure. What what did you think of Romo last night calling the game? You, oh, are that's you a big good. Romo guy? I haven't heard this. This is good. Uh, I thought he was fine. I I'll be honest with you. I was, you know, because we, we we had a big group here, probably thirty people, and so we but we have TVs in three different rooms. We got mm-hmm. this room, the main by the kitchen, and then there's one on our back patio. Yeah. So people were kind of spread out. So I was kind of walking, trying to be a good host. And I, I, I'd have to go back and watch the room. I don't think he was bad, but – and I did feel like he was trying to do more X's and O's, more analysis. Okay. Uh, Seem prepared, well prepared. Yeah, I don't – he didn't have any, like, major gas. There's nothing yeah. – I'm sure there were – there's nitpicking. What do you think, Brock? I didn't have a problem with him, but I go on social media, it's like 50-50, love him, hate him. Um, Pretty much. Well, that's a, that's anybody these days. Romo was a miracle, but you know, but his boss has publicly reprimanded him before yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's why it was a big Super Bowl for him. Apparently, because his boss told him like literally, I need you to calm down. Yeah, like that's what he said, dude. You can't even tell your wife to calm down without your wife losing her mind. You know, <laughs> you know right? You know, I've been littling it is to somebody. You need to calm down. He told him to calm down to the media, and I think it was about how he's a little bit exaggerate, exaggerative, and this, you know. It's the just, way he does things. So. It's weird because he started out so hot. Like when he first started, he was beloved. And yeah. just, 
I don't know what's happened, but they turn on you quickly, man. Yeah, you know, he been, and it's it's almost like he hasn't gotten better. I mean, he, he was he go. was unique when he started. Look, when he's within his first year, Romo was kind of like the the new John Madden. He just he was he was himself. He was genuine. He was kind of funny. He'd say silly because John Madden was a goofball. I mean, John Madden yes, would say was. dumb things Boom. all the time. He's on his back. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he would draw, draw like draw, yeah, little yeah, illustrations of turkeys and stuff all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny. look at this guy's butt here. Look at this guy's butt. It's oh. huge. Got a big butt. <laughs> uh, and I think Romo's got some of that, but that's what yeah. he's got to build on. He's never going to be Greg Olson as far as analyzing a game. And coming back, you know, next year's Super Bowl will include Tom Brady yeah. on color yeah, analysis yeah, on Fox. The game will be on Fox. I got a piece of audio I want to play for you, Rod. Uh, I told you if you want, if you love football like you do, Rod, and a lot of our audience, you've got to go see Tom Brady or listen to Tom Brady's podcast and interview well, with well, Steve, Steve Young. I, I did. I actually listened to some of it on the way. Pretty good on the way down there. Yeah. Pretty it high was, level. It was awesome. I'll play you a piece of Tom Brady talking about uh, what he sees from quarterbacks, which mm-hmm. is a good, you know, give you a glimpse of what kind of analysis I think you're going to get next yeah. year when we start hearing Tom Brady in the booth, who's you know not going to take take second back seat to anybody when it comes to preparation. We'll hear that coming up. Plus, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain, talk some Texas football coming out of the weekend, and anything that's on Rod's mind. We'll have that coming next on Hoop Up with Ian Rodby. Good, bad, and ugly on a Monday. You feel good for San Francisco kicker Jake Moody because he set a field goal, a new record for a Super Bowl, 55-yard field goal. That, that, that record had lasted for 31 years. Wow. His record lasted all of a quarter because then <laughs> Harrison Buckter has set a new record with his own 57-yarder. There you go. So my guy owned uh, the record that had stood for three decades, and he held it for half a game. There you go, Jake. And then uh, he had a field goal, extra point blocked. Which yeah, meant, that uh, was big. Really became the critical play of the that game. That was big, man. Damn, forget all about that. that. You can argue that's the number. That was a big. That was the oh, biggest play huge of the game to make it four, not three. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, Moody also had been sixty-eight for sixty-eight on extra points before that was blocked. Sixty-eight in a row. Damn, dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh-huh. difference in the game. I mean, it just made key plays like that to just when, – when it looked like the 49ers could just take control of the game and give themselves, you know, obviously just not more than a double-digit lead um, potentially, they – man, the Chiefs made – they scratched and clawed their way back. That's when you kind of saw the heart of the Chiefs in the first half. You saw their execution and you saw their clutch gene in the second half in overtime. But in that first half, like I said, the 49ers outplayed them. Yeah, outplayed them. Like they outcoached them a little bit in the first half too. I thought so too, hundred percent. And it and and but by halftime it didn't seem like that. It was like, well, I thought the 49ers said outplayed and outcoached them, and it didn't feel like that at halftime. That's when I knew it was it was going to be a problem. And still, folks, that I'm telling you that Dre Greenlaw injury was huge. You got to go back and think about it. He, he, when he goes down. He goes down, I believe, second quarter, right before halftime. That's when Kansas City put together their first big drive offensively, to get down the field. And they got that big drive down the field right before half. That was huge. And I think Drake Greenlaw going out at least gave them an easy spot of vulnerability to exploit. And then they made adjustments after half. But before that, the only thing they could really do was kind of go after the void that was left by Drake Greenlaw. It was devastating for the defense to lose that guy. Non-contact sure injury. Well, this is devastating for the Niners and your guy Kyle Shanahan. I mean, you realize this. You know, four years ago when they played him, they were up 20 to 10. Mm-hmm. In the fourth. In the fourth. In the and fourth. they and, and, 15. And, and Patrick Mahomes threw an interception. Like, they had the ball. <laughs> it was like, like right at about the 20-yard line. And you're thinking, okay, they got this. And they didn't win it. Last night they had their opportunities and didn't. And, you know, it is true that the Dallas Cowboys have hoisted a Vince Lombardi trophy sooner or yep. in, in more in Recent, fewer more years, recently. more recently yeah. than the Niners. You're right. Because the Niners' last actual Super Bowl win came in, 20, er, in 1994. Yeah, 94. And the Cowboys Steve 95. Young. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the Cowboys haven't been near the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, since 2011, the Niners have lost in the NFC Championship game, the Super Bowl 2012, the NFC Championship game in 2013, Super Bowl of 2019, back-to-back NFC Championship games, and now this. No, and the 49ers fans think they're cursed. I know. I want me some glory, ho. You know, Cowboys fans will take that all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. 49ers fans think they're cursed at this point. They're like, no, we're cursed to get – 
to get so far to get to the NFC title game or get Super Bowl, and then but they'll never win it. Never. They'll, they'll never. They'll ever break through, and that is that's that is on that's well, on Shano because Jim Harbaugh had him close. He had him close, and then left before he could win one. And it's as good as Shano is, and he is he is amazing. Actually, he's one of the best best coaches in the league. There is no doubt that it, the narrative now is pretty clear that he just. The narrative is he can't win well, the Super Bowl. You, you start. You know, Andy Reid's now putting himself into Tom Landry, Chuck Knoll kind of territory, oh, right? Yeah. He's all um, goat territory now. Um, meanwhile, Kyle Shanahan's moving into like Marv Levy, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Marty Schottenheimer yeah. kind of territory where oh, hey, don't say really that. good. What's well, true? It, it is true. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's oh. the difference. Marv Levy lost four lost four Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. The guy who's good enough to get there, but never good enough to win one. Yeah. Remember, that was the narrative of Tony Dungy oh, for a long time until he finally – That was Andy Reid's narrative Andy Reed. Andy until he got Reed. Patrick Mahomes. That's right. I remember that uh, Andy Reid narrative. So that's why I feel bad about Shannon because it, we talked about this after Lamar Jackson, right? We said Lamar Jackson, whether he, if he wins this game against Patrick Mahomes and if, or if he loses, it's going to be very different narratives developing depending on whether he gets the dub or whether he, he loses. And now the narrative on Lamar Jackson, he can't win in the playoffs and in the postseason. But he's a great regular season – Spectacle, if you will. Yeah. Uh, now for Shano, same thing. Shano can get you there, but I don't know if he's good enough to win it. And if I would, or if I'm arguing against that, just because I'm going to argue for my friend, I would be going off faith. There's no evidence that he actually is yeah. good enough to win it. There's no evidence of that. He's been up double digits yeah. twice. Well, look, I mean, three times actually. I mean, Mar Levy's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a great football. I mean, to get to a team to a Super Bowl four times is very, very difficult. One time. And you, you and I are Houston fans, Rod. We've never seen Just the give me Super that once. Bowl. I'd love to see it. Just yeah. one time. Uh, Shanahan's been there twice now. And, of course, he was the offensive coordinator. And Kyle Shanahan was the OC in Atlanta the, the only other time the Super Bowl's gone to overtime because that 28-3 lead turned into an overtime game, and they lost it in OT to Tom Brady. Yep. So your guy Shanahan's lost to Brady and the Goats. He's losing to the Goats. Yeah, but that's that's, no, that's that's and when we're talking about your legacy, nobody's gonna throw out that little <laughs> right that little asterisk. Gotta read guy. down the Wikipedia page a little bit. It's like uh, oh, nobody in twenty years, people don't care. All they care about is what's the Super Bowl record? Oh, Owen, whatever. Owen oh, two oh, now oh. as a head coach. Hey, can I uh, play this for you? And then we'll go behind the burn orange curtain. We we're talking about Romo because I said, uh, guys, Tony Romo's like a kid in a candy store. Gets really giddy, overly excited. Gets me lost with so many scenario plays. Uh, take your thoughts on Romo because that's a part of the, the commercials. Usher Romo with Jim Nance. But I wanted to play this because next year in the Super Bowl, it's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be awesome uh, with Kevin Burkhardt on Fox. And that game will be – where are they going next year? Las Vegas or Los Angeles? Oh, I'll have to check. Might be uh, right about Los Angeles. It might be Miami. It's not going to be uh, back-to-back in Vegas, is it? No. No, way. it should be. No, I think yeah, <laughs> probably should be. Now, honestly, you, you would get, you get a, a large uh, following um, that would advocate for that right now. They, they, they love that Vegas Super Bowl. Uh, it's in the, oh, it's in New Orleans. It's in New Orleans next year. It's Superdome. Um, and then – That the might be Super worse. Bowl, Super Bowl 60 will be in uh, – Ooh, guess what? I got to look at the dates, but Super Bowl Fifty Nine in New Orleans might be right around Mardi Gras. That could be off the chain too. Oh. I don't know if that's gonna be fun. I don't know if that's gonna be fun though. You and Ty could carpool. The thing about New Orleans is there's only like one place in the city where everybody goes, right? Yeah, Vegas is spread out all Vegas, over. Vegas, yeah, strip. Vegas the whole damn strip. In New Orleans, really, everybody congregates at one spot. So I don't know if it's as cool as everybody thinks. Well, it's gonna having be. been there just recently for the Sugar Bowl, it was. A lot of people now hang out at the casino down at the end uh, of uh, at, at Harris, okay. and it, it, it's a cool. I mean, that's where, uh, but yeah, obviously between that and Bourbon Street is where you, your two choices mostly. Um, you know, but yeah, Vegas there's a, there's a hundred oh, different man. restaurants and casinos and clubs, and you can spread out for sure. That, that's why I said, I mean, there's there, that town is built for that, and uh, no one, once you do it there. No other one will compare. Well, because they'll be comparing it to it yeah. all the time. Like, I wish we was in Vegas. We could That's what I was saying That's... about the NFL draft. Once you put it there, in, in Kansas City, great football town, but it's not going to compare to the draft in Vegas. Uh, you just can't. No it's, one else has that. It's Go like ahead. having the uh, national championship at the Rose Bowl. That's like yeah. the equivalent of, yeah, Vegas Super Bowl. Yeah. You, you play a round of golf at Augusta National. No other round of golf is ever the same, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's Vegas for a big event like that for sure. Uh, let me play this, though. This will be Tom Brady. This is him with Steve Young on his podcast, and they were talking about quarterback play because, you know, it sounds like Brady's – you'll hear him that he thinks coaches are doing a pretty good job, but sometimes the quarterbacks don't know how to play the game. Here's a little bit of Tom Brady, maybe what you can expect from his analysis when he gets in the booth next year. The coach is trying to play chess. 
the only problem I see in today's quarterbacking, a lot of it is the coaches trying to play chess, but the quarterbacks aren't. The quarterbacks are snapping the ball, and then they're mm-hmm. going, okay, how do I react to what happened? And a lot of the times, you know, you're, there's no perfect play that can be called from the sideline on a consistent basis because they're just calling probabilities. Okay, there's a probability on third down. In short, they're going to play man-to-man coverage. So, therefore, on my call sheet, I'm going to call my man-to-man beaters. Oh, they didn't call man-to-man. Looks like, you know, a simple cover two zone. This play isn't really working for that. Okay, in my mind, it would be like, okay, let me get to my best cover two play against this look. As opposed to now we get the ball. Okay, it's it's we've got a bunch of crossing routes in the cover two. That's not good. Let me hold the ball and go run it. And then people on TV go, oh, you know, great play, way to run. And in my mind, I'm going, why did you snap the ball? I mean, you clearly knew no one's going to be open because, I don't know, in all my years of playing, in 20 years, that wasn't going to be open. But how do we continue to say, all right, quarterbacks, you got to see the whole picture? It's, it's, it's in front of the data or behind it. Exactly. If you're in front of it. You own it. It's reflexive. What you just described, all the things you have to handle, you handle reflexively because you yeah. the data is inside of you. And the only way you can get in there is you got to go to school. Got to go to school, Rod. Love that. <laughs> yeah. No, Steve Young is awesome too, by the way. He, uh, oh, gosh, high yeah. level. Yeah, Steve, the way Steve Young describes like uh, just the football education gotten and the, the way that he really kind of you know, kind of breaks it down in layman's terms so that you can it's palatable to the masses is phenomenal. I mean, he is he's next level. He really is. Is he still doing? I don't know if I ever see him anymore doing television. He's still doing Monday Night Football. I don't he, remember. He does. I think so. He's so good. But and, he really is. And man. I think Tom Brady. And, and as competitive as Tom Brady is, you know, you know, the preparation is going to be over the top. Oh, and yeah. uh, you know, and he's taken. You know, Greg Olson had is one of the best, and he's taken that dude's gig. So. Greg Olson's got to find, you know, a new spot. But uh, Tom Brady will be in the booth starting next year. What people are concerned about Tony Romo is that Tony Romo didn't take it seriously enough. Yep. You don't have to worry about that with Tom Brady. No. <laughs> your, your, your problem may be the op, the other end of the spectrum there where he may take it too seriously and maybe you want some added you know, comedic element and you want him to loosen up a little bit. That may be what I worry about with Tom Brady. But in terms of him doing the prep, oh, he's going to be over-prepped. Yeah. Well, he's going to so- be over-prepped. I always heard this about Tony Romo. I don't know if y'all have heard this too, but you know, and like when he first started out and he was predicting plays or whatever. Yeah. He wasn't predicting the plays. He was watching the practices all week, seeing what they were running and then saying it on the broadcast. And it got to the point where teams were like, Hey, you need to stop doing that. We don't like that. And so he had to stop doing that. And I think that's where like the, that's a good the, point. the cliff fell off. That's I don't know fair. if y'all heard that too, but no, that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think about it, but that it's supposed to be privileged information too. You're not supposed to be directly, you know, referring to what you saw at yeah. practice. It's yeah. supposed to inform your opinions, and it helps, you know, bring uh, clarity and bring perspective and contextualize things for you. So if he was doing that, that was a straight-up violation of the G-code. Yeah, you can't do that. You won't be allowed on the sideline. You won't be allowed to practice. You're allowed to practice. Don't worry. Like, no, nah, man. You're maybe he's not. and That's yeah. why he's behind the times. Yeah. Hey, can we go behind the burnt orange curtain so you know, behind the times? Rod got us covered coming back from Vegas. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Um, my behind the burns curtain is going to be Super Bowl related. Usually we would try to give you some Longhorn related stuff, but hey, not today. It's all about the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I gave this uh, stat out earlier today, so I'm just going to get, get into uh, revising and reviewing my rant of the day. Patrick Mahomes is, and this, this relates to the Big 12, so I guess it is Texas-related because it is related to the Big 12, and, and Texas is still a Big 12 member even though they're heading to the SEC. You know, Patrick Mahomes learned his X-Man ability in the Big 12. It was in Big 12 country uh, where he learned it. Uh, cause in, and I, I keep this stat because it's so mind-blowing. There are eight times in 2015-2016 when Mahomes' uh, offense put up at least 35 points and Tech still lost the game. <laughs> uh, there, there were four uh, of those eight uh, times that I just mentioned previously where Tech hit the 50-point mark and still lost the game. we we'll score 50 and still lose. And you would think just psychologically that would be just, you know, tr- it would be traumatic, right? <laughs> that would be scarring for a quarterback. And I do think it actually did scar Patrick Mahomes, but I think it scarred him in a different way where it, it actually left – him and terraformed his football character and DNA. 
changed him into a different breed of quarterback. Um, And, you know, that time at Tech, he actually does give a lot of credit to his time at Tech in building what is now, I think, his greatest football asset. He is the ultimate comeback kid. All right. No, No lead is actually safe with Patrick Mahomes. And when he is down, I'm talking about down double digits, there's no quarterback better in the history of the league right now than when Patrick Mahomes is down double digits. Happened again in the, in the Super Bowl. We watched it again. He's been down in the Super Bowl double digits four times, guys. Every time he's been in the Super Bowl, he's been down double digits. He's got three wins to show for it. And that is rare. When he was asked about his ability to come back, and how, uh, as a you know, as a quarterback, how he developed this kind of uh, this, this this mentality where he could that coming back from double digits, coming back from what seemed to be insurmountable odds, for him seemed to be more routine. He said, "quote I kind of joke about it, and I joke around about it sometimes, but I was kind of blessed to be in the Big 12 where you had to go and score, and if you threw an interception, you got the ball back, and you try to score again." I've kind of had that mindset where no matter what happens, the last play, just focus on the next play. And I do think it actually has helped him as an NFL player. Um, most NFL players, and you brought this up too, uh, E, that hell, even Patrick Mahomes' high school career, his last, uh, he lost the last game of his high school career 65-60. to 60. <laughs> like, so even before he got to Tech, this dude was losing games, scoring 50 and 60 points. Guys, I can tell you, go, go talk to anybody who played high school football. Talk to anybody. I mean, in, in, in Texas, that won't be tough. Ask them how many times, or think about how many times you played high school football and scored 50 points and lost. Most of y'all have never even scored 50 points in a game <laughs> yeah. that you played in, ever. But if you scored 50, you're damn, I guarantee you didn't lose or score 60 and lose. Patrick Mahomes should score 60, 50, and 40 routinely and lose. It's no big deal. I think that has, I do, I think that has changed him. I think it scarred him in a really, really good way. Um, and the NFL right now, I think they're the ones who are having to deal with the, uh, the unfortunate uh, consequence and the unfortunate circumstance of dealing with this newly, like I said, this new terraformed uh, version of, of, of Patrick Mahomes. And I went and looked at it. I've been keeping track of it for a while, how often – Patrick Mahomes can come back down from double digits, and it's just mind-blowing that Patrick Mahomes right now in the playoffs when he has been down double digits, he's 5-2, five 5-2. And, five and, and you think to yourself, man, that's, that's pretty good. That's not excellent. It's not elite, but it's great. No, guys, that is the greatest record for a quarterback who has, in the, in the postseason, down double digits in NFL history, and it ain't even close. You go look at go. We're talking about the all-time greats: Aaron Rodgers, two and six; Breeze, one and eight; uh, Joe Montana, two and six; Brett Favre, one and seven; Peyton Manning, two and seven. Anytime he faced a double-digit deficit in the playoffs, the goat Tom Brady just talked about him: five and eight. Even he's got a losing record when he's down double digits in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, five and two. He's got a 58% winning percentage anytime he's down double digits at any point in his career in the NFL. That's 20 points better than any quarterback in history. Nobody's better when they're down double digits in the NFL. I don't know. Andy Reid's a big part of it, too. But it still does not necessarily explain how successful he has been in those adverse circumstances. It is mind-blowing. It is easily his his most impressive X-Man ability. Nothing's even close to it, guys. Nothing. And he did it once again, and he's done it in every Super Bowl. If you go down double digits in every Super Bowl, you're not supposed to have a winning record in him. No. But he does. No. But he does. He's 3-1 and one in him. He's won 75% of Super Bowls where he's been down double digits. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Uh, we just mentioned in, you know, four years ago it was ten, double digits in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. He won the dang game with 17 points in that quarter. And uh, in this game it was double digits early. So, you know, first half they're down 10 nothing. Uh, actually gave up the lead. But, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, at 13-10. But it's, it's, it's yeah, I think your, your point is spot on. That it was, it was built in the, in the Big 12 where 
you just keep playing. <laughs> you, your, your defense ain't going to stop anybody, but you're going to keep playing because you can't get down on yourself. Because, you know, that, that's just – the reason those records for all those Hall of Fame quarterbacks are that is just you're playing really good teams, and if they get, up, get on top of you by double digits, they're going to beat you. <laughs> yeah, they got control of the and, game. And it's not even like a knock against Drew Brees or Joe Montana. Or it's just, any other quarterback. It's just the way it goes. Um, and, gosh, this guy to be 5-2 and two and 3-1 and one in Super Bowls is – ridiculous and that's again all the 31 other teams are trying to figure out how to beat that guy and building game plans to try to beat the guy and uh, you know when you when you're in, in the comparison of tiger woods and yeah mj mj by 28 by 28 yeah come on <laughs> it, like I said, I, guys i've been craving track of because honestly i did it to try to uh comfort my boy shanna about double-digit leads, uh, and I was told him, I was like, it's rare, man. Nobody can do what he's doing. You just had really bad luck meeting up with him. Against any other QB, you would have a Super Bowl right now up double digits on him. But you met up with GOAT Tom Brady, who has the second-best record when facing double digits in the postseason behind <laughs> the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes, who has the best record yeah. in the history of the NFL when facing double-digit deficits in the playoffs. I was like, Shano, you just you got some bad luck, brother, but – did you just call you know, Patrick Mahomes the goat? Well, he's getting there. No, nah, he'll, 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 he'll surpass Tom Brady. He will. Wow. I mean, guys, it, look, I mean, look at his look at the trajectory we're talking about here. It's, oh, he's trajectory, gonna surpass yeah, Tom. but. He's ah. going to surpass, surpass. He's got to get three more Super Bowl rings doing he's, what, 20-9? Yeah, he's uh, – well, look, if you look at the records pre-30, um, Patrick Mahomes is, is lapping Patrick yeah. Mahomes in a lot of different playoff categories. Exactly. Both had three Super Bowls, though. Both three. I mean, he's already got more Super Bowl MVPs uh, yeah. by 30 than only Tom two, Brady. Only two starting quarterbacks have more playoff wins than this dude now. Yeah. And that's Joe Montana and Brady, right? Yeah, and I, I don't <laughs> – I, I expect the way he – you know, his love for the game, that guy's going to play till he's 40. Oh, easy. I mean, he's going to play till he's 40. And the way they protect quarterbacks these days, and they can't hit quarterbacks, longevity is better than ever. That guy's got – that guy just likes playing football. The only question will be when the reinvention happens post-Andy Reid, post-Travis Kelsey, what does it look like? Yeah, you're right about that. Because yeah. that will come. That will be. I guess yeah. that's where we saw Tom Brady, you know, shift from being more, you know, game manager, great defenses, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's the, the dynamic offense yep. and Rob Gronkowski. That'll that be was the, the second phase. You're right yeah. about that. All right, we'll come back. Uh, he's tracking to be the GOAT. I don't think it's kind of like uh, Tiger Woods with Jack Nicholas, and you can have the debate that's all you want. Fell uh, short, though. You're right. I mean, Tiger Woods, well, look, Tiger Woods did not catch Jack Nicholas in all time majors. But I still a lot of think people think consider him the best player ever to pick up a golf club. That's true. Well, somebody uh, just texted in and said Shanahan is Phil Mickelson. I don't know <laughs> that's that's kind of a... true right now. Damn. Hey, well, Phil, Phil, Damn. Phil eventually won his majors. Ooh. Phil eventually, I think Kyle will win one, but he's got. I think he'll win one too, but uh, you can't guarantee it. Can now with Patrick Mahomes in the same era. Yeah. Well, um, we'll come back. Uh, we will pick up this, and obviously we'll get you ready for what's popping. What is popping tonight with football season officially over, unfortunately? There is some basketball we'll tell you about. What's popping coming next? What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like stocking. Just Josh, I'm spending this holiday logging. All right, what's popping is that underdog fantasy. Get in there, check out those mystery picks, have fun with it with the NBA. And college hoops tonight, Rod. We got uh, Texas Tech hosting Kansas in a big, big 12 battle. Kansas beat Baylor on Saturday in a good game. But uh, Lubbock, we know what that arena can be on a big Monday night. They'll have a rowdy crowd, and a lot will be hopping for sure. Uh, when the Jayhawks roll to town, uh, back-to-back Saturdays have beaten Houston and Baylor at home, but now they got to take it out on the road and play the uh, the Red Raiders. The Red Raiders. The Red Raiders. Uh, popping for the Longhorns right after rolling West Virginia. They don't have a, a week midweek game this week. They kind of get a little bit of a breather to get ready for Houston next Saturday um, down in, in, uh, in H-Town, the return visit. Of course, they went to overtime when they played here, but now they have to go down to Houston and uh, – and battle that game. As for the NBA tonight, you got the Spurs at Toronto this evening. The Rockets are hosting the New York Knickerbockers and the Dallas Mavericks in action playing the Washington Wizards. So uh, there you go, NBA and college hoops tonight if you're not re-watching the Super Bowl like I think Rod probably will since you were in attendance. you got to go back and watch that thing. Yeah, again. i got to go back and watch. I'll probably watch it later on today. Uh, I just want to – actually, I don't need to watch this. I'm not going to watch the commercials. I was thinking about it. I was like, I'm not going to – that's going to take forever. Yeah, just go to, go to – you can go to, like, YouTube and watch all the best ones. Yeah, I'll yeah. probably go do something like that because I can't watch every one. I'll take all day. It'll be like a five-hour affair trying to rewatch the game. Yeah, it, it was a long game. It was three hours when it, for three and a half hours by the time it was done. Yeah, and the OT. Yeah. It was exciting, though. Yeah, I mean, oh, it and obviously it's, 
I mean, it's now a uh, four-hour spectacle. I mean, it's by five o'clock they start doing the uh, the national anthems and the America the Beautiful and. Um, which was pretty good. Reba McIntyre and Post Malone. Then it's game. Then it's long halftime. Then it's, as you said, oh, the yeah. long commercial that breaks. That long halftime is brutal. Yeah, man. That was like, that felt like, that felt like, that, I, I was, that felt like 30, 40 minutes. How was that logistically that when they're like trying that. to set that thing up? Uh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch him set it up, actually. Um, I came a- back. When I came back, yeah, I went back and got food, and, and I went to go, I went to speak to some people. I had some friends out there. Um, and so I went to go kind of like walk around the stadium. I wanted to see the stadium, too, so I went and walked around the stadium a little bit. Beautiful. And then I came back to my seat and enjoyed the halftime show. So. How'd you, did you shuttle from the stadium? No, we walked. Uh, we walked, to, we walked to, uh, to the airport from the stadium. Okay. Yeah. We walked. We walked to the airport from. It's like a two mile walk. It wasn't that far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we sh- we we actually shuttled to the airport from the strip. Most some people just walk the whole damn yeah, thing. Yeah, you can walk it. Yeah, walk everywhere in Vegas. Uh, all right, don't forget to also what's popping is uh, your last minute horn volley of uh, Valentine's gift we're providing you. If you go hey. to hornfm.com, get signed up, then you kind of thought, oh my gosh, it's almost Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Valentine's Day. I've got been watching football since Thanksgiving. I'm locked in. I need uh, to get something. Get uh, to the website hornfm.com. You could win tickets to the Def Leppard Journey and the Steve Miller Band at the Alamo Dome August the 16th, plus a hundred dollar gift card uh, to Vince Young Steakhouse from your good friends here at the Horn just to help you out, you know? Because we got you covered. No, don't forget about that. Don't get yourself in trouble. Time to start thinking about wifey uh, or a significant other, whoever it's going to be. Doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Uh, It is hornfm.com is where that will be popping. Yep, mom, whoever. You get your mom a Valentine's (laughs) gift, uh, Brock? Oh, dude, my mom has been my Valentine, like, every year except for three, something like that. My mom's always my Valentine. That's cool. Good for you. Hey, nothing well, wrong and somebody, several people have asked where Ty is. Ty is at Mardi Gras. So Ty will be back. Uh, when is he back? Wednesday? Tomorrow. Ty, is that right? Ty's been oh, gone. he's back tomorrow? I think he's back tomorrow. <laughs> okay, he's back tomorrow. So we appreciate Brock, sir. It's been popping. Yeah. He stepped in. Good job, Brock. Filled in his side. We'll Thank get the you. stories from Ty and his uh, trip east to New Orleans and to meet. Meeting meet, the parents. Meeting the girlfriend's parents. Mm-hmm. Remember, she went. bought him a bunch of new clothes and made him get a haircut and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I need to hear well. how that went. Yeah, me too, actually. Knowing Ty and the stories he has, he, I'm, I'm sure he screwed it up in some way. No, as long as he didn't go out and party in Mardi Gras, I think he's all right. End up sleeping if he met yeah, outside yeah, or something. Yeah. You know. Unless he, if he didn't go full Frank the Tank and end up streaking <laughs> through the quad, you know what I mean? I think he'll be all right. We're going streaking. <laughs> Seriously. But uh, there's no way because he, he was with this woman the whole time. He, none of his – his friends, he didn't know anybody there. Yeah, he was it's never really stopped top before, though, That's I guess. Right. It never stopped him before. No, no. That, that is, that, by the way, that is one of the five funniest scenes in a movie. It was when, from, from the Snoop to Loop, Frank the Tank, Beer Chug to the Going Streaky, streaky. and the wife pulling up next to him in the car. <laughs> That's one of the great scenes of all time. Nobody was streaking, whether it was him by himself. Oh, We're going streaking. When it hits your lips, it's so good. When oh, it hits so your good. lips. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Could you go to Beth, Bed Bath & Beyond, maybe a little uh, – Little Home Depot. <laughs> Frank the Tank, baby. Awesome. Awesome movie. Good stuff. And I'll give some props to CBS because you didn't see this, Rod, but early on in the uh, CBS broadcast, because, of course, they carried it, the, uh, they did reenact the hangover scene when they wake up in the suite uh, in, in the movie The Hangover. Uh, for for who, who did it? Uh, Nate Burleson oh, and nice. J.J. Watt and oh, Coach right. Cower, Coach Phil Sims. I uh, gotcha. They reenacted. They were it. in front of Bellagio. Yeah, that's where they did their stuff. Yeah, and I, we stayed at the Bellagio. Yeah, he uh, they, they did a pretty good job. It was very funny. Yeah. In the face, in the face. Exactly, exactly. All right, let's get to Jim Rome's show. Of course, he's still live in Vegas, I believe, from uh, Super Bowl Radio Row, or else he'll be back in Los Angeles today. Rich Eisen was live at the Super Bowl all last week as well. That'll be coming your way after Rome. And, of course, Patrick Davis with your sports complex coming up at 4 o'clock this afternoon, all part of a busy day and a busy Monday on the Horn. Good to have Rod back. Rod, uh, glad you're back safely. Glad to be back, brother. Thank you all for holding it down. Yeah, thank you to Nick Shuley who jumped in here early to uh, uh, roll with us. Thank you to Brock very much. Also to uh, everyone who messaged in and uh, were part of our program this morning. If you missed any part of it, you can always go back and listen on the podcast at hornfm.com. Oh, Jim Rome is next. Get some sleep, Rod. I will, brother. Thanks, Rod. Good job today.